Welcome to r slash, a podcast where I read the best posts from across Reddit. Today's subreddit is r slash pro revenge, where OP tricks his thieving cousin into losing millions of dollars. Our next Reddit post is from 327Nova. Backstory. 25 years ago, my aunt passed away when I was a baby, leaving my two cousins, who were both in their early 20s, alone to fend for themselves. My grandparents, who were very wealthy, put a clause in their will that grandkids would receive half of their share of inheritance if a parent passed before the child reached 30, and then they'd receive the other half of their inheritance when my grandparents eventually passed. Both of my cousins received a very sizable inheritance, coupled with the money they got from selling my aunt's house. The younger of the two cousins paid off her college loans and was able to buy property, and she still lives on the same plot of land. The older sibling just blew all of his money. It was crazy. Within six years, he was back to living in a condo, working as a cop. Everyone in our small family knew that he had a substance issue, so he was barely making ends meet with his officer's salary and buying copious amounts of drugs. Over the next four years, my cousin went to rehab three times, sponsored by my grandparents. He sobered up after getting his girlfriend, now wife, pregnant. She is an absolutely wretched woman. She saw my grandparents as a payday and essentially baby-trapped my cousin thinking that was her ticket. Within seven years, they had three kids, so she's locked in tight. She works as a nurse, and with three kids, they're always looking for extra money. So, guess who they would ask? You got it, my grandparents. Being the kind spirits they are, they always lended a hand. My father, mother, sister, and I got sick of it really quickly. My grandmother unfortunately passed away when I was 17, leaving my grandpa as the last remaining grandparent. I was undoubtedly my grandfather's favorite among the grandkids, which left a really bad taste in the mouth of my cousin and his wife. I had two more years of high school before college, so I lived with my grandpa to keep him company and help take care of him. My cousin and his wife hated this. So much so that whenever they came to visit and I wasn't home, they would send their three gremlins into my room to destroy it. That was just the start. The longer I lived there, the more they would mess with me. My cousin even placed one of those little mechanical noisemakers in a cabinet in my room, the one that plays sounds at random intervals to make you think that you're insane. Thankfully, my German shepherd would always hear it, and after a week or so, she finally found it. They did this to distance me and deter me from taking care of Grandpa so they could swoop in and be the heroes. This continued until, allegedly, one of their kids found my gun. By this time, I was 18 years old and I was in possession of a firearm. I use quotation marks here because my grandfather has guns, but he can't aim or shoot them anymore due to arthritis and nerve degeneration. So, when I moved in, he placed all the weapons in my hand should the need for self-defense arrive. But if he ever saw me handling the guns for any reason other than cleaning, there would be hell to pay. Since I was very well trained with guns and I had a sense of pride in defending my home, I took this responsibility very seriously. I always kept a handgun in a locked container in my nightstand, with the key on a high shelf out of reach of the gremlins. One fateful day I'm out getting my grandfather food when I come home, and my older cousin, his wife, and my grandfather are staring at a gun on the table. It was my gun that I kept in the lockbox. It was loaded and it had a bullet chambered. I always kept the magazine separate in the lockbox, but never loaded into the gun. The lockbox was nowhere to be seen. My cousin claimed that one of his kids found the gun and was playing with it. 
I was 100% certain that my cousin either found the key or broke the lockbox open to get to it and load it. Because a six-year-old wouldn't be able to reach a key that I myself could barely reach, figure out what it was to, load my gun, and then chamber it. I tried my best to explain that what my cousin had said was BS and that I never kept my firearms loaded in the house. But my cousin, who's a cop, scolded me on gun safety and threatened to have me arrested if I didn't leave, and the only reason why he hadn't arrested me yet is because we're family. I was asked to collect my belongings and go back to my parents. My cousin had won. Or so he thought. The next day I apologized to my grandpa and explained to him there was no way one of the kids could have gotten the key. He agreed with me and apologized, but he thought it best I move out until things cool down, but once they do, I would be welcome back home. Since then, my relationship with my grandpa was a bit fractured due to my cousin's lies. A month later, my grandfather died of a heart attack at the age of 86. I was devastated. I was just beginning to get back into the rhythm with him and rebuilding the trust that was somewhat shattered. To this day, I'm still unsure of what kind of man he saw me as due to my cousin's actions. Immediately, my cousin and his wife began sucking up to my dad. They had already sealed a payday with their grandpa, so it was time to move on to their uncle. This persisted for a month or two, but I wouldn't stand for it. Then came time for the will. My grandfather's lawyer read out the will to me, my father, mother, and sister in our home. Our two cousins would be briefed individually on their share of the estate, as per my grandparents' requests. Then, the lawyers read this miracle line in the will. If anyone attempts to claim any part of the estate that isn't assigned to them, they forfeit any assets they're supposed to receive, and their assets will be divided equally among the remaining family members. This was basically my grandparents' way of saying, if you try to claim more than you're given, you get nothing. My father was supposed to receive every piece of physical property from my grandparents because he was their only remaining child. The revenge. I hatched a plan. I called my cousin and I told him all of grandma's jewelry was to be donated to a charity auction. Grandma's collection of gems and precious metals was extensive to say the least, so a charity event wouldn't care if a few pieces were missing, right? It was a huge trap that my greedy bastard of a cousin couldn't resist. He immediately took the bait and went over to my grandparents' house, determined to snatch up as much as he could. Just a handful of my grandmother's jewelry could send his kids to college. Coincidentally, my dad was on his way with the lawyer to my grandparents' house to overlook everything. According to my dad's testimony, my cousin had three shoeboxes worth of grandma and grandpa's jewelry piled on the kitchen counter ready for loading into his car. My dad and the lawyer stood in the kitchen wondering why it was all there when my cousin walks in from my grandparents' bedroom with the fourth and final shoebox. The jig was up. My cousin put two and two together that I'd set him up. And yeah, I had set him up. However, there was no penalty against me for exploiting my cousin's greed so that he would screw himself over. It's worth noting that between the 18 years from my aunt's death and my grandparents' death, their wealth had increased several times over. So my cousin felt cheated and expected to receive just as much money as my sister and I, despite receiving half of his inheritance already and blowing it. Throughout this whole ordeal, my cousin's younger sister hasn't had a problem at all, and she's still weeping over grandpa's death like the rest of us. However, just like that, my cousin lost enough money in the course of 30 minutes that made him contemplate his sanity. All over greed! My cousin's B-word of a wife apparently filed for divorce a few weeks later. 
We haven't heard from him in nearly six years, as he's all but disgraced now. You can call this a fairy tale ending, and in this particular part of the story it somewhat is, but honestly, I would rather have my grandparents. Man, Opie didn't say how much money we're talking about here, but if the grandmother had enough jewelry to put all of his kids through college, and what's a typical, what is average college tuition? The average cost of college in the U.S. is 35k per student per year. Wow, okay, so 35k times 4 years times 3 kids, god, that's $420,000. If OP meant that literally, that selling the grandmother's jewelry would be worth all three kids going to college, then that's $420,000. If the grandma had like $500,000 in jewelry, then grandma and grandpa were rich, as in rich rich. So by that logic, this cousin was probably standing to inherit millions of dollars. He said that the other cousin bought a house and paid off all their debt with just half of their inheritance. So yeah, that checks out. That We're talking literally millions of dollars. Whoops, there goes the big payday because your cousin is too greedy to obey the will. What an idiot. Our next Reddit post is from PME or Severum. Today's podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. My podcast platform has this neat little graph that shows me my listener demographics, so I can see that most of my viewers are male. That's why I'm thrilled that BetterHelp is sponsoring today's episode, because mental health among men is honestly a real problem. This statistic is crazy to me. Men make up 38% of talking therapy referrals, yet 78% of suicides are males. That means that the people who need the help the most are getting the least amount of help. Also, 6 million men per year suffer from depression, and most of these cases are undiagnosed. That's why I recommend BetterHelp. That's better H-E-L-P. BetterHelp will match you to a licensed professional therapist who can help you address your mental health needs. BetterHelp is not a crisis line or self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. I've got a special offer for r slash listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash r slash. That's the symbol slash, then the word r slash. So I work in an aerospace facility that's large enough that you'll never meet everyone who works there. It's the type of place where everything you could ever need, including pins, are provided for you. However, as free pins go, you already know we got the sucky one, so I just buy my own pins. Thanks. Around the time of the incident, I had just taken a promotion. Part of the deal was I'd be working second shift instead of first. Okay by me. Just as I was getting used to my new schedule, I started losing my pins. This wasn't abnormal for me, but it just kept happening. I'd come into work, and I would swear that I put my pin right here last night, but now I can't find it. I grew suspicious of my now previous coworkers who knew where I usually stashed things, and I hatched a plan. First, I had to make sure that my pins were indeed being taken, rather than me losing my mind due to my new schedule. I bought a pack of Pilot G2s, which are the best pins out there, and I laid a trap. I work in a machine shop, and there are toolboxes everywhere. I set up and run multiple machines, but there's a particular machine that everyone knows is kind of my home base. In the accompanying toolbox, I left a pin in the top drawer front and center for some pendejo to find, and sure enough, it was gone the next day. I'm not crazy, so the hunt's begun. In my line of work, we have controlled documents. Every piece and part is documented and serialized. One of our huge taboos was using any color other than black ink on these documents. It was obvious what I had to do. 
When I bought my last pack of G2 pins to avoid having to use the awful free pins, I also bought a set of colored G2s. I took the ink cartridge from a pink pin, and I used a black sharpie to hide both the ink in the tube and the colored cap on the top of the cartridge. It looked a bit ugly, but I knew that I wasn't dealing with a pro here. I placed my disguised pink cartridge in an unsuspecting black pin body and left it in my usual hiding spots. The next day when I came into work, sure enough, the pin was gone. My trap had worked. The first thing I heard in my shift pass-down meeting was how some idiot used pink ink on a work order this morning. And I had better make sure for the millionth time to use black ink instead of some stupid colored ink. I didn't even have to fess up to setting a trap. I nailed that fool right to the wall, and no one even knows what I did. Suck it, Benjamin. Down in the comments, Sal Bale Jim says, But I want to know if the pin ceiling has stopped, or if the thief is just checking the pins before using them now. OP replies, I haven't had a pin stolen since. But keep in mind, I've now got multicolored pin bodies with black ink in them laying around, because nobody would be dumb enough to steal a green pin, right? OP, your genius knows no bounds. Our next Reddit post is from Yolo Swaggernaut. A city near me had a farmer holding out as the city expanded. The city wouldn't let him sell his land that was zoned as commercial since it was a farm, while completely surrounded by commercial development. The city wanted him to sell the land that was zoned for agriculture, basically to let some developer bulldoze the fields and flip it for commercial space, and easily 10x their investment. But the farmer didn't budge, so the farmer and the city were at a stalemate. The area became more and more developed. Housing started encroaching onto the back of his property. The farmer was getting old and tired of this mess, and he didn't want to pass this fight on to his kids, so he came up with a plan. The property had been used for soybean and farming corn up until this point. It wasn't really a burden to his neighbors. He applied for and received proper licensing from the state for a hog confinement lot. In case you don't know, that's where they keep tens of thousands of hogs before they're brought to market. They're normally located deep in farm country. They stink for miles. The city tried to stop him legally, but they never incorporated the land in the first place. So they tried to stop him at the state level. He followed the process to the letter, and, well, it's farmland. The city thought that maybe he wouldn't follow through. But he did. He had 400 hogs delivered to what at that point was one of the busiest roads in town. The locals nearly lynched the city council. In less than a week, the city backtracked a nearly 20-year feud and let him sell his farm for the fair commercial rate as he had originally bargained for. Down in the comments, we have this story from Zoreb. Something similar happened where I lived. A farmer had this big piece of land, and he wanted to divide it into six buildable lots. The neighbors didn't want this because they preferred the open space. Anyways, they fought the zoning change on the basis of increased traffic. The owner said, fine, I'll just convert it into a pig farm because that doesn't require a zoning change. That was our slash pro revenge. And if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.